0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and Monopoly tycoon, Brendan Tuma. Thursday morning edition of The Kickoff, guys, which means it's time to talk about my top five thoughts from a bunch of Thursday games because it's Thanksgiving. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday filled with friends, family, and football. So before we get into it, let's talk about TickPick. And again, I mentioned it, but I just bought Celtics tickets for Christmas for my son and his grandfather. We're going to have a great time on Martin Luther King Day. Can't wait. And I did it all on TickPick. And the reason is because they don't charge service fees. All right. They just guarantee the best prices to every football game and every really ticket that they have. And again, look around on other sites. All right. I won't name names, but go ahead and check and factor in the fees and you'll see TickPick is the best. They'll give you 110% of the total purchase price if you find a better price on another site. And no service fees saves their users over $55 million. And now you can buy now and pay later, which I did, by the way, through Zip. All right, they've teamed up with Zip. That allows you to buy now and pay later for all your tickets. You get to choose Zip at checkout, and then you can split your ticket purchase into four installments. Download the TickPick app use the code PROS for $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Again, code PROS. $10 $10 off your first order when you download the TickPick app and select the zip at checkout. All right, before we talk about the Thanksgiving games, let's run through the big news items from yesterday. CD Lamb practiced on Wednesday, and he is questionable for Thursday's game. It sounds like he just really needs to be cleared by an independent neurologist at this point, which is crazy given what happened in the quick turnaround, but everything points to him playing right now. So obviously, if he is in your lineup, you start him. And that would lower the stock for Michael Gallup, but you would still start Gallup as well since Amari Cooper is out. Alvin Kamara has been rolled out with his knee injury, and Mark Ingram is questionable with his knee injury. I mean, I don't know. I guess Tony Jones, but it's not somebody who you're going to want to start if Ingram is out here against the Bills. But, uh, you know, let's wait and see. Be on the lookout for the night game as to what you're going to do. Alan Robinson is doubtful for Thanksgiving, and Jared Goff is questionable, but there is optimism that he's going to play. If you picked up the Chicago Bears DST, they're still going to be playable. They'll still be in my top five-ish, but certainly a little less exciting than they were with Tim Boyle. Aaron Jones got in a limited practice, which suggests that maybe he'll be able to suit up this weekend, but I really think that they're going to be cautious, as the Packers generally are with injuries, and they'll give him the extra week considering the bye week. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers does not have COVID toe. He has a broken toe or a fractured toe, and he wanted everybody to see that, so he held it up on a Zoom conference. So that was kind of disgusting to see. But regardless, it's a fractured toe, and now we know what we're dealing with. And that is something that at least the bye week should help with a little bit. So he's expected to play even though he didn't practice. And again, they have a Week 13 bye, which he is really looking forward to. A.J. Brown did not practice with his chest and rib injuries. No way to know for sure, but I'm not really expecting him to suit up here. It's not a great matchup for him anyway, even if he does. Marquise Brown returned to practice, which is a great sign, even though it was limited. Kareem Hunt was designated to return from IR, and there is optimism that he's going to be able to return this weekend, which is fantastic. Obviously, you want to put him back in your starting lineup as a flex option. Elijah Mitchell was limited on Wednesday, but good to see him at practice. So was Cordero Patterson with his ankle injury. Again, there's some optimism he'll be able to suit up this weekend. And fantasy managers, really everybody on the Falcons really needs him. Logan Thomas was designated to return from IR. Still questionable for this weekend, but that's obviously a good sign. Brian Flores says that Devontae Parker is not ready to return. Remember, he's been on IR with a hamstring injury. So this is unfortunate, but certainly if you're trying to rely on Devontae Parker, you should be looking elsewhere for the foreseeable future. Baker Mayfield did not practice with a litany of injuries. I still expect him to go, but obviously he's pretty banged up here. And Philip Lindsay was claimed off waivers by the Dolphins. I wouldn't be too worried about Miles Gaskin. I mean, you saw them deactivate Savan Ahmed uh, last week, so I think Lindsay Moore takes that role, but certainly just another back there isn't great, but not really an impact yet on Miles Gaskin. All right, we've got three games on Thanksgiving, so here are the top five things I'm looking out for during all of them number one can darnell mooney cement himself as a borderline wide receiver too so lately i've been thinking back to how i played fantasy before i started in this industry before i did this you know professionally before i started projecting players and i felt like when i was just a fantasy manager a guy who was like crazy about fantasy football i felt like there was always this recurring theme in my fantasy football matchups which is there would be a receiver that would really look like he's breaking out, right? He'd have a few massive games in a row. Everything would be trending up. There'd be this glorious, perfect matchup on tap. We'd all think that he's like a wide receiver, too. You would prepare yourself for the victory, and then he'd have like three catches for 18 yards, maybe throw in a fumble for good measure. You know what I'm talking about, right? And that still happens, but I think I notice it a little less now because I do projections, and when you do that and you base your rankings off that at least to start, At least the way I do it, you're less likely to see those major outliers in those types of guys. But if I was transported back in time like 10 to 15 years, then Mooney would be the perfect candidate for the guy who's going to lay an egg when everybody is relying on him, right? I mean, he has scored touchdowns in back-to-back games. He had 16 targets last week. As we said, Allen Robinson is doubtful. He's probably not going to play. There are no other receivers there that you even care about. It's a weak secondary. This has to be the spot for him. But look at the five games prior to last week, right? 35, 45, 39, 64, and 41 yards receiving. Even last week, just five of 16 targets, and his huge catch was almost entirely a crazy catch and run that he just entirely made happen. There are still questions, but every fantasy manager who rosters him is going to be relying on him in this game, so he just absolutely positively has to come through here. Number two, is Ezekiel Elliott capable of being your RB1 down the stretch? I realize that sounds crazy, but I've been watching Elliott a lot lately. I have a lot of shares and just doesn't look good. I mean, two things really with him. I mean, the first is that every time I watch a game with him, I'm convinced that he has sustained an injury and we're not going to see him again for the rest of the game. A knee, an ankle, general ouchness. There's always something with him and he's off the injury report for this game, which seems ludicrous to me if you watched him run in this most previous game, but Then again, he's in there toning the rock at the end of games in like blowouts half the time, right? So what do I know? But look at Zeke's rushing yards, just as rushing yards over the last four games, 69, 50, 51, 41, 32. Sorry, that was five games, not four games. But that's not all that impressive. Now, he adds catches to that for sure. They help with his overall stats, but watching Zeke, it just doesn't feel comfortable, you know? I mean, every yard feels like it's earned to the 10th degree. And absent a touchdown, you're probably pretty disappointed But again, he's off the injury report here. And now we get Las Vegas on Thanksgiving. They have allowed the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They allow 132 rushing yards per game. The Cowboys are heavily favored. They have injuries at wide receiver, of course. Even if CeeDee Lamb plays, you're not going to have Amari Cooper. So if Zeke can't smash here, then how can we feel like he can anchor our team going forward? This is a big game for him and his fantasy managers. Number three, can the Raiders find an offensive identity? I mean, the Raiders just seem lost at the moment on both sides of the ball, but especially offensively. 16, 14, 13 points over the last three weeks. The bottom line is that the absence of Henry Ruggs has just had a disastrous impact on the Raiders' offense, and it's not rocket science. All right, Ruggs was a deep threat. He demanded attention from the top corner, of course, and safety help. That opened up lanes underneath for Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, but without him, teams can just Take away Renfro and Waller giving extra help to both and Derek Carr doesn't have the horses to go elsewhere. Zay Jones or Brian Edwards are not making defenses pay. So the team signed Deshaun Jackson, which everyone thought might basically accomplish what we were missing without Rugs. but Jackson is not playing. Okay, the Raiders had 47 offensive plays in their most recent game against Cincinnati. He was in on 16 of them. He ran routes on 10 of them. That's asinine. I mean, at one point, The Raiders offense and Derek Carr were like targets in fantasy football. You you sought them out. You wanted to start them. Now they're in a game. They're projected to lose handily. There should be production here from the passing game. Also, I have to start Carr in a must-win matchup. So for my sake, let's get it together. But really, can they figure out what they need to do to get this offense rolling again? Number four, are the Bills going to bounce back? Josh Allen has four touchdowns over his last three games with five interceptions. Now, you can't throw out the game against the Jets because they all count, but look at their last three games offensively otherwise. A 26-11 to win against the Dolphins. That was 3-3 at halftime and 10-3 into the fourth quarter. A 9-6 loss against the Jaguars. A 41-15 loss against the Colts. The offense isn't working right now, and teams are just taking away that explosive play similar to what they did against the Chiefs. Stephon Diggs has still been scoring touchdowns and he's been producing, but he's really the only reliable wide receiver. Now they draw a Saints team that obviously has an above average defense, of course, but they're getting pummeled by wide receivers, the fourth most receiving yards, eighth most fantasy points to the position, except Marshawn Lattimore, and he is going to shadow Diggs. And Lattimore is one of the best cover corners in the game still. Now you're not sitting Diggs, of course, but what does Josh Allen do when the one guy who is always reliable for him is limited a bit? Now, the other wide receivers have plus matchups, and that's really where the fantasy points come from against the Saints. Cole Beasley can beat P.J. Williams, Emmanuel Sanders can beat Bradley Roby, Dawson Knox is there, but can Josh Allen break out of his funk and work around it when his top wide receiver gets taken out of the game a bit? Allen needs to bounce back at a time when most of the top quarterbacks are unreliable, and at the very least, he needs to go back to adding value with his legs. Just 21 rushing yards combined over the last two games. I expect him to do so here, actually. Given what we saw last week from Jalen Hurts against the Saints, and I would take the over on his rushing yards prop on 32 yards, incidentally, which Pat Fitzmorris and I talked about on the Betting Bros podcast, which came out yesterday. Finally, is it Taysom Hill time? I do not understand the game plan here with Hill. I mean, he competed for the starting job with Jameis Winston after being adequate in relief last year. Then he suffered the concussion. He missed about a month. Then he had a foot injury. But what are the Saints doing right now? Trevor Simeon's not the answer. I mean, we know that. The team just extended Hill. They made him the only backup last week to Simeon. So if he's healthy enough to be that backup, he is probably healthy enough to start in a game. There's no Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram is questionable, as we said. What are they going to do around the goal line? The Saints get Dallas and the Jets next, and their season is in limbo. I am hoping and frankly expecting at this point for Hill to be a bigger part of the game plan here. And if he takes over after this week, he could be an impact starter at the quarterback position. So I would add him before this game and hope it's the breakout like it should be. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, get $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you again on Friday.